there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. Welcome to my first ever podcast. I am so excited to be bringing these podcasts to you. It's been on my to-do list for a very long time and I'm very excited that I finally got around to doing it. So welcome. Let's dive in. So this first episode is all really around contact, about around context. It's about setting the scene for the future episodes. I'm going to talk through my journey with endometriosis, why I believe what I believe about endo, and setting the context for those beliefs that you will hear more of in coming episodes. Each episode I'm hoping will be a lot less than 20 minutes. 20 minutes is my absolute maximum, but those of you who know me, who have worked with me, will know that I can talk for ages, especially when I'm just sat in a little room with just me and the dog. Um, But my my aim is to keep them all within 20 minutes. Um, Some of them we will have guests on, which may be slightly longer. And for those of you who are accessing the bonus content as well, there will be longer episodes there that we are taking deep dives into various topics. But just for the bog standard weekly releases, they will be a lot less, hopefully, than 20 minutes. So I want to say from the outset that I am not anti-Western medicine, I am not anti-surgery, I'm not anti-drugs. For some people it is absolutely the right course of action to take. What I am anti is the rhetoric that we hear a lot of, that surgery and drugs are the only way that you can feel better with endometriosis. They are the only way that you are going to be able to live your life without your symptoms and that absolutely isn't the case. So I'm anti those messages. I'm also anti the pressure that people feel to undergo surgery and drugs and if I can do one thing with these podcasts I hope that that will be to give you hope that there is alternatives out there that there are things that you can do yourself to um, reduce your endometriosis to reduce your symptoms and to live an endo-free life and I am living proof of that but we will come to that in a second. Um, So yes, um, as you've heard in the introduction, my name is Sarah. I am your natural endometriosis expert. Um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis myself in my mid-twenties and in a journey that I know will resonate with a lot of you. It took me about five years to get my my diagnosis, so sort of being disbelieved to um, shunned from pillar to post for about five years until I got my diagnosis, which I realise is a lot quicker than a lot of people. Um, but it's it's still an absolute travesty that we have to wait so long for a diagnosis. But we'll be talking about that in future episodes. Um, so yes, I was diagnosed in my mid-twenties. Um, again, like a lot of you, I'm sure I was put on a plethora of different contraceptive pills in the hope that some of them would work. And some of them did reduce my symptoms for a bit. Some of them reduced them massively. Some of them a little bit. Some of them made things worse. But ultimately, nothing had any long-lasting results to the point where I was put on the um, implant, the abdominal implant. That actually did work for me for um, a few months but the symptoms gradually started coming back. And when they came back, they were actually worse than they were before I started the treatment. I was told at that point that surgery would be my next option and my only option. Um, But 
I was adamant that I didn't want surgery. And like I say, for some people, it's the right thing. If you've made that choice, I wholeheartedly respect that choice. Um, just for me at that time, it wasn't the right thing to do. I, I didn't have children. I wasn't certain I wanted children, but equally, I wasn't certain I was ready to say I never wanted children. So I desperately started looking for alternatives, alternative medicine, natural ways of, of reducing the symptoms I was feeling and managing my endo, kind of avoiding the surgery that I thought was inevitable. Now, I was really lucky at that point. I actually had some people in my life that um, were involved in the alternative medicine world. So it wasn't a completely alien world to me. And this is something that I see a lot with clients who come to me or just people who come to me, um, that this this world of alternative medicine, of natural medicine is quite a scary place if, if you're new to it. There's a lot of spurious claims. There's a lot of irresponsible claims. There's a lot of irresponsible practices. And this is something else that I want to, to really tackle through this podcast, cutting through all of the noise and all of the nonsense that's out there about alternative medicine. Claims by alternative medicine practitioners as much as anything about these easy, quick fixes. Um, you can do it. It's not, there's no quick fix. It's not about having a special diet or doing special exercises. It's more complex than that. It is possible. But a lot of these spurious claims kind of put people off and I get that and I want to cut through that with this podcast. Even though it wasn't an alien world to me, I still really didn't have much faith that alternative medicine could help with my endometriosis. I'm ashamed to say now. Um, I actually started off with Reiki and I went to my first Reiki session as a, um, a favour one of the guys who I was working with at the time, his wife had taken redundancy and was setting up her own Reiki business. And she needed a few volunteers to go along just to sort of get a confidence up, get a few testimonials. So that is why I went for my first Reiki treatment. Wasn't anything really with to do with the belief that I thought there was an option, um, that it was ever going to really help me. It was literally just as a favour to a friend. Um, and even at the time when I was on the, and I'm laughing now because I, I do feel really bad saying it, but even was it, when I was having the treatment, I didn't really feel anything major. I didn't feel it was really going to help me. I was thinking a lot about what I was going to have for my tea, the shopping I needed to do, um, just generally thinking about how, how nice and relaxing it was and how lovely it was just to take some time away and have sort of 40 minutes of, of blissed out time. But even on the couch, I wasn't experiencing any massive shifts. And it wasn't really until I got home that I realised that a lot of the pain had actually, well, massively reduced. So I get, um, I get that a lot of people have similar symptoms to me. So at that time, I was having shooting pains down my legs, right from the, the depth of my abdomen, right down my legs, um, which made driving quite uncomfortable, sort of changing gear, pressing the accelerator was often quite uncomfortable. And I realised on the drive home, I didn't have any of that at all. That had gone completely. I also realised that when I'd gone in for the treatment, I'd sort of dropped my my bag and my car keys on the floor and at the end of the treatment I just bent down to pick them up and again I hadn't actually been able to bend from the waist for a long time but I realised that I'd actually just done it without even thinking about it I'd picked up my bag and my car keys bending from the waist without even thinking about it and there was no no pain there um, and that did kind of knock me for six if I'm honest I was kind of quite taken aback and again it wasn't a, a massively long-lasting result but the impact that I felt from that treatment lasted for a good few weeks. Um, the pain reduction, the increase in my sleep, my mood, my skin, everything just felt a lot better. So much so that I went back for another few treatments with, with this practitioner. 
And that's where my journey started. Um, I was so impressed that I ended up training as a Reiki practitioner myself. So that's where I started. I'm now qualified in over 20 different therapies and 20 different techniques. And selfishly, it all started, well, most of them started as techniques for to, to treat myself, for self-treatment. Um, I should point out that when I say about managing your own endometriosis and when I talk about how I manage my own endometriosis, I don't manage it completely by myself. So I still go for sessions like acupuncture, Reiki. I still have different therapies and I've had them on and off for the last 20 years. The difference is I am in control of that. I know what works. I know what helps me reduce my symptoms. I know what helps me manage um, my, not just my endo, but anxiety, anything else that I've had, sort of sprains, whatever I've had over the years. I know what works for me and I am in complete control of that. But it doesn't mean to say that just because you're managing it yourself, you have to do everything yourself. It's a lot easier if you can do a lot of what of a lot of the techniques yourself. So if you feel sort of a, a bit of bloating coming on that you can just do a stomach massage yourself, it does help if you can do them all yourself. But this is not about you taking full responsibility for carrying out every single treatment. I'm not going to sit here and advocate that you go out and get trained in acupuncture so that you can give yourself an hour's acupuncture session. That is not what I'm about. Um, I am about using different therapies, different techniques and drawing in people who you need to, to be able to administer them. <clears throat> but back on track. <laughs> That's where my journey started. So I started off learning Reiki and subsequently another few um, therapies, primarily to treat myself. The more I started talking about it, the more start people started getting interested. So I actually ended up treating friends and family who had either endometriosis or related conditions. Um, so I was starting to help people after a couple of years and then in 2008 I actually went formal I actually opened my own therapy business in 2008 so since then I've helped hundreds of people um, with endometriosis with related conditions such as polycystic ovaries adenomyosis um, bad periods heavy periods bad PMT long cycle short cycles um, fatigue anxiety menopause because as those of you who've had the implant will know, we've we've been there long before our time. Um, what else? Fertility issues, insomnia, inflammation, everything that we have to put up with with endometriosis is kind of a condition in itself. So I've helped people with all sorts of pain management, all sorts of things that that sort of forms as part and parcel of endometriosis as well as endometriosis itself. And like I say, I've helped hundreds of people over the years, so I know what works. And I know that what works for one person might not work for another, and that includes surgery. So surgery might be the answer, but effective recovery from surgery as well can be um, can be really facilitated with alternative medicine. And again, we'll look at that in a later edition of a podcast. So, scary world, <laughs> the world of, of natural health, of alternative health, and that's where I come in. Like I say, I, I hope that I'll be able to give you a little bit of guidance through these podcasts. And if you need a bit more support, there are, alternative, uh, there are sort of different support things that I can offer as well. But for these podcasts, you'll be getting a weekly drip feed of my musings, top tips, um, and beliefs and thoughts on endometriosis. And that is gleaned from my own journey over the last 20 plus years, as well as those hundreds of people that I have helped. I do want these podcasts to be interactive or as inter interactive as podcasts can be. So if you do have any specific topics that you would like me to talk about, please do drop me an email um, and I will get round to them as soon as I can. Um, some of these podcasts won't be comfortable listening. There might be some uncomfortable truths 
um, that come out of them. But I'm hoping that no matter how uncomfortable it is, everything is helpful and everything is shared from my heart. So it's all done with positive intention to help people realise their own power in terms of, of managing their own health and really not having to listen to the doctors who are telling them one thing that they might not want to hear. So if you believe that surgery is not the right option for you, I am here to give you hope that there are different ways of, of, of getting your life back. So tell me, what are you struggling with the most? What's the biggest impact on your life? What would living without your endometriosis feel like? I would love to hear from you. Um, and your comments and uh, feedback is always appreciated as well. Like I say, subscribe if you can, if you like what you're hearing and if you're, if you're keen to hear more, then I will look forward to welcoming you to future episodes. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.